This week on On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast. The at-large bid race heats up as power conference middlers fight for their tournament survival in head-to-head meetings down the stretch. Small school contenders fight injuries. Big matchups coming up to close out the regular season. Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Arkansas, among others surging, and breakdowns of the Big Ten, the Big East, and so much more. It's all coming up on the mark right now. Good afternoon, and welcome to On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast. I'm Mark. This is my podcast. We're uh, talking about college basketball today, as we've been doing every Wednesday during this season. And uh, this week's show, we're going to be talking about how some of the bigger power conference teams are trying to get in, fighting their way in, and uh, the little guys who are uh, trying to get into. It's coming down the stretch, folks. We're a week and a half away from Selection Sunday. Uh, been doing a lot of research, checking out the bracketology, going to be engaging in that as well, uh, and uh, going to be talking about uh, the mid-majors that are uh, trying to get through to uh, March Madness. First, I wanted to uh, start off the program with a, a couple small stories to, to get the program going. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, just got himself a contract extension a couple days ago, uh, a five-year contract extension that will uh, give Leonard Hamilton $2.25 million a year. Uh, the coach has been uh, – he's had a, a college head coaching career of 30 years. There was one year with the Washington Wizards in there that didn't go so well. But uh, he coached at Oklahoma State. Miami, and he's been at uh, Florida State for quite a long time. In the in that time, in his 30 years, he got the, his teams into the NCAA tournament nine times and the National Invitational Tournament 11 times. He uh, was coach of the year five times, and he was the 1995 UPI National Coach of the Year. He's uh, clearly... Uh, earned his salary the man's been around for a long time his career started uh with under joe b hall at the university of kentucky where he was part of two final three final fours including a national runner-up uh season as well as the 1978 national championship he was an assistant and associate head coach under joe b hall so um yeah, the man's earned his due. he's uh he's earned his dues, and uh, he's one of the best coaches around as far as um, the ACC. Uh, I'm thinking about contracts, and it kind of amazes me that he's been around so long and uh, is just now catching on. And his uh he uh, another thing I didn't mention is that he's been to the Sweet Sixteen three times: once with Miami, twice with Florida State. And he also went to an Elite Eight with Florida State. One of those Elite Eights and one of those Sweet Sixteens have been in the course of the last two tournaments. And on top of the $2.25 million that he's getting per year, there's going to be some uh, incentives, as always, if he wins the regular season, if he were, wins the tournament championship, 
NCAA appearances, etc. So yeah, congratulations, Leonard Hamilton. The other piece of news I'm going to hit before we dive into the the meat and potatoes is that the NIT, the National Invitation Tournament, announced just a few days ago that they are going to be moving all their tournament games to games at the University of North Texas Arena in Denton, Texas, as well as the Comerica Center, which is in uh, Fresco, Frisco, Texas. Um, they're limiting their the teams to get into the NIT this year from 32 to 16. And uh, what normally happens with the NIT is for the teams that win the regular season in their conference but don't win the tournament championship and are left out of the NCAA tournament, those teams are uh, usually get an automatic bid to the NIT because of uh, the, the field being cut in two. Um, that's not happening. That rule is being thrown caution to the wind. It's being thrown to the wind. And all 16 teams in the NIT will be um, taken at large. I am uh, going to dive right in. My first segment here is mid-major minutes, and I'm going to be talking about the the teams that we've been talking about over the course of the last three weeks who are trying to fight their way in. Starting with the Atlantic 10, everybody knows my feelings about the Atlantic 10. Monday was a big day for the Atlantic 10. Richmond lost and St. Louis won. And the significance there is that St. Louis recently uh, beat Richmond and they're trying to get a third seed in. Like I've said before on past programs, the um, there are going to be some teams in the Atlantic 10 that are going to be disappointed. Because right now, you know, I've I've been saying the whole time that they should get three seeds. But right now, the uh, ESPN has got them getting two seeds in. And it's uh, VCU and St. Bonaventure. Uh, the other teams that are in contention to get a third bid would be St. Louis, then Richmond, followed by Davidson and Dayton. Uh, I think that Richmond is in trouble. Uh, They've got their center, Grant Golden, who has a broken finger on his shooting hand, and uh, one of their key starters, Blake Francis, went out of a game the other night that they lost to to a not very good St. Joe's team. So, Richmond is two starters down, and I'm not real solid on how good their bench is to have those two main players down. Um, Normally, I would say that if they could get in, they might have a chance to win, but they are um, they're 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 in trouble. They they, they're banged up. Richmond's too banged up. We know uh, from how I've been talking from the beginning of the year how I feel about St. Louis. St. Louis had two of their um, five losses came, came when they were coming back from COVID. Their first game back was against Dayton at home, and Dayton beat them in overtime. They had tough back-to-back road losses um, recently against VCU and Dayton. You know, Dayton is a very tough place to play, and uh, VCU is on top. So they're saying VCU and the St. Bonaventure are going to be the teams that are going to be uh, getting in the dance. 
I, I'm still holding on to hope for St. Louis, especially with the tournament coming up. They've uh, thumped Trey Mitchell and UMass this past week. UMass is right in the middle of the pack of the Atlantic 10. I still like St. Louis. I think some of their losses um, were losses that could have been avoided, but they had the COVID bug a couple times. When they came back, they lost a game. They couldn't get momentum started because their second game back, the the team that they were going to play had the COVID. So the third game or second game, however you want to look at it, back was another loss because, you know, I mean, you can only imagine how tough it is coming back from, from COVID and uh, trying to play your arch rival. So um, Dayton's had a couple nice non-conference Ws uh, against SEC schools, but have lost four of their last seven. Uh, not seeing Dayton get in. Davidson, Davidson's there, but, I mean, if ESPN's only saying VCU and St. Bonaventure, it's going to be tough for somebody else to get in unless they win the dance, uh, the, the conference tournament. Moving on, I would go and start talking about the Mountain West, which I'm not as solid on, but uh, it seemed like last week we were seeing the Utah State Aggies slip out of the conversation. Now, um, ESPN has the Mountain West uh, with three bids. They've got three bids in the Mountain West, and uh, Utah State was kind of slipping out of the argument. Uh, San Diego State, not uh, – uh, not South Dakota State, but San Diego State is on top of that conference at 19 and 14. They've got wins against UCLA and Arizona State. Arizona State was a lot stronger in the beginning of the year than they were, so that those are both good losses. Uh, and uh, or those those are wins, good wins. They won against UCLA and Arizona State. Their loss was against BYU. And uh, that's not a bad loss. BYU is supposed to be the second team in the West uh, in the West Coast Conference to get in, besides Gonzaga. San Diego State smoked St. Mary's bad, and uh, you've got Colorado State and Boise, who both are kind of questionable to me. I was overlooking this last night. Colorado State got thumped by that St. Mary's team. San Diego State whooped St. Mary's 79 to 49 and uh they they Colorado State got beat by the same team and only scored 33 points. That's kind of most of the Mountain West stuff. Oh, Boise lost to Houston. That's a tough uh that's a tough loss. And they won to BYU. It seems like BYU keeps coming into these conversations out west because there's just not as many teams to play, and everybody seems to run into BYU. In the Valley, both teams are favored in the Valley that I was talking about, Loyola and Drake. Drake, uh, in fact, has lost Roman Penn for the season. He is gone. Joe Yesifu is going to have to lead that uh that charge for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are also losing another senior, uh, another starter, Murphy. So um, a lot like Richmond, Drake is, they've, they've got their little beat up. Uh, but uh, I've been impressed because I've watched Drake without those starters play. And Garrett Sturts 
and Joe Yesifu have done a really good job in their absence. My question would be is how long can that team go on uh, with a depleted lineup? Uh, right now, ESPN projections have Drake in. They've got Loyola winning the conference. But uh, a thing about Drake right now is, is they need to do well in their tournament. They can't go out in the first round because uh, that'll mess things up for them. They, they've only got four or five losses, but are um, – yeah, they've only got four or five losses, but they're, uh, they're still in there. We'll see, how, we'll see how that goes. Oh, here's the bracketology stuff we can go to now. Right. As of today, the last four in from ESPN are Drake, Xavier, Seton Hall, and Michigan State. Michigan State's been hot, but I'm just really surprised that, that they're in the conversation of getting in. Um, a lot of these records of these bigger teams, which I'm going to go on here after the break, is uh, we've talked about losses, how many are too many, versus how many wins are needed. And we're going to jump into that as I, I go further into uh, the bids selection by looking at the Power Conference schedule. Coming up after this break, getting ready to uh, do some more of the show. Hope you guys are enjoying my podcast. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the Big 12, the Big 10, and so much more. This is On The Mark. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. Do you have design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. At Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. At 614-864-6656. Welcome back to On the Mark with Mark Fages. I'm Mark. This is my podcast, doing a little college basketball for you as we do every Wednesday here on the Score On Air Network. Right now, I'm going to bring in my producer, uh, my buddy we got here, uh, Pretty Boy Champ, coming on the scene. How are you doing today, sir? Man, better now, finally, that I, I get a little bit of mic time and a little bit of FaceTime, you know, you got me in the shadows like a redheaded stepchild, man. Not a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> um, talking about 
bracketology. So I gave the last four in being Drake, Xavier, Seton Hall, and Sparty. I'm going to give the first four out and the next four out. The first four out right now are Duke, Utah State, who I have no idea why they're in there, St. Louis, who I'm pulling for St. Louis, and Boise, who uh, they they uh, need to beat UCLA, it says here. UCLA, they beat UCLA. See, out of all those teams, I'm I'm worried about a Duke team getting in. You know, they're talented. They got good players. They could scare the bejeebus out of somebody if they get in, just just because they're Duke well, and they're coached by Mike Sosesky. Duke is getting ready to play North, North Carolina, Carolina, and that's going to be the game. I know they have got themselves. They've got themselves an issue here. Um, both Duke and North Carolina have got nine losses. Oh. This is where I this is where I come in with interjecting the whole thing about it, losses and stuff like that. Like I was watching highlights of Purdue as well, and uh, you know you're thinking about it and like Duke or like I mean if for me if you've got eight or more losses that's under these circumstances, I, I don't like that. But then again, uh, I know I'm, we were talking about Duke and North Carolina, but I'm thinking about Purdue now. How do you tell a seven foot four center that that just beat Wisconsin that he's not going to get in? You know, but Purdue and Wisconsin are in. Uh, the question would be like Duke and North Carolina, and Duke, um, they've got a good big man. We know about Matthew Hurt. He seems to be able to put up some numbers. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is the fuss? over the Big Ten Conference. I mean, they have all these teams in the top 25. And and because of you now, because of you, I'm stuck here watching Big Ten basketball, and it just brings me so much pain to my soul to watch it. You don't like it, huh? No, I don't like it at all. Um, do, you watch, do you watch the Big 12? I do. I love Big Twelve basketball. See, and then here's the thing: different in that Big Ten. What makes them so like those teams? I feel like don't have really great guard play. They're in trouble when it comes to tournament time. Like they have these big slow bigs in the middle, and it's almost like every single team has the same exact lineup. And then they have very very. I've had my good guard guards. Go ahead. I've had had my thoughts right now on Illinois and and what's going on with them. Uh, I think Illinois, uh, they've got A.U. DeSun moves out. DeSun moves out, and they've won the last three games. Yep, they're on a three-game winning streak, and uh, they're doing it without DeSun move. Like, how long can they keep that up? So they're on a three-game winning streak, going into Saturday's game here against Ohio State, who's on a three-game losing streak. Um, to me, Ohio State, to prove their worth and to prove their merit as a top-10 team after taking three L's, and they need to defend their home court and, and prove that they are somebody, and that's coming this weekend. Uh, and uh, C.J. Walker, as well as Dwayne Washington Jr., they what? need to be. They need to be paying attention. What is the fuss? I mean, I know a lot of people because we live in Columbus are clamoring about old state basketball, but they're not even in the top four in the Big Ten. They're not even. They don't even get a first round by tournament time. They got to match up with Northwestern or Penn State. They're in the fifth slot right now. 
Michigan's only lost one game. One time. Two. They lost last night. That's right. They lost last night to Illinois. I was watching that game because yeah. of you. Illinois, man. And they and Illinois did that without one of two guys who's probably going to play in the NBA. Well, they got really good guard play. They, the other guy is uh, Trent Frazier. That's the other one that I, I, I got notes on. I'm still studying up. I really haven't gotten to watch Illinois that much. This is my first time watching them play last night. And, uh, you know, if Desunmu comes back, they're a they're scary, I think, man. I, I, you I mean, think? They're, no. It's they, like. I mean, if he's their best player and he's an NBA prospect and they don't have them and they are ripping. Winning three straight, two, two of the three games against ranked teams. Top ten. Top ten ranked teams. Right. So, um, which is, you know, and it's so surprising because this is like topsy-turvy. You watch Iowa lose and then they go beat O-State. And it's like, can O-State beat any of the top teams? or did you, How do they get ranked th- four all the way up to four, lose to Michigan? I think, I think we're kind of figuring out what you're asking, too, as you're talking us through this, is, is they are tough teams. The, the Big Ten is tough, and you'll have these teams that, like I'm talking about Purdue, I think they've got too many losses. Yeah, but, but that... They, because they beat on each other. They just beat the hell out of each other. And uh, and and I was thinking about it even more with the mid majors and stuff like that. Like, how can these mid majors com- compete against seven foot Hunter Dickinson or seven foot four Zach Ed? Eddie? You know that's size is uh, um, sometimes at the center position a little overrated. You get these guys in the foul trouble. I mean, he, just. The big men are very, very good, but now we just live in a guard late in league. And if, like, like I, it's hard for me to just understand, like, um, Oklahoma State just now getting back into the top 25, their record isn't any worse than any team out here right now, and they clearly have one of the best college players on their team. How could they – ever be out of the top 25 they beat, they beat oklahoma by four points in overtime cunningham who he's talking about at 40 points k cunning 11 cunningham. rebounds and three steals two blocks you got to read that whole thing three steals and two blocks my nba guy i've been asking for cunningham um there were three other uh, Cowboys in double figures against the Sooners that night. There's a there's a guy on that team on the Oklahoma State team named Matthew Alexander Moncrief, and he is a uh, he is a six foot seven forward from Canada, and uh, he's good, man. Um, really good. I wanted to, you know, we were we were you were asking about Oklahoma State, and I. Uh, I definitely picked up on that kid coming off the bench. And see, and that's the thing that I'm talking about when I when I watch the Big Ten basketball and then I watch a team like Oklahoma State when they got guys like that that come off and just jump off the pace that are athletic and that are skilled and that can run the floor and get up and down and shoot the three and dunk the ball. Like, he's an NBA guy, and you're bringing an NBA guy off your bench in to run your second unit pretty much. Like, they're going to be a real problem with Kay Cunningham. We're and talking him. about Moncrief right now. Yeah, right, right. right. Okay. They're going to be a real problem with them two on the floor at the end and off games. Like, yeah. I, like He's you, the you, other freshman, and he's he's his minutes his, if you are look gone at, up. Are he's gone got up. a lot of minutes, and, uh, yeah, that's what you got coming off your bench. Yeah. It's, it, it's great to have a guy. And sometimes, sometimes even you 
don't have your best five on the floor. No, you, you don't, start. dude. That six guy that is six guy is one of your better players. That first but guy he in, to, he's explosive. Uh, he has to run that second unit. He has to provide that of, energy. Makes me think of one of my all-time favorites, uh, James Lights Out Posey for Xavier. James Posey, woo! He was nasty coming off the bench. He revolutionized the six-man six position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skip Prosser at the time. Uh, he convinced him, and, uh, you know, at first the kid wasn't sure what to think, but he convinced him that it was the best thing for the team, and Posey went it. He embraced the role, and it was incredible. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Moncrief is the same as that, but, uh, yeah, talk, we're just talking about it. It made me think, think, about, yeah, it. think about an example of the better six men. So, um, yeah, but as far as the Big Ten um, – yeah, yeah, we, yeah, someone commented and said the Bucks beat Illinois without Knockburn and uh Deshaun. We we they know we know right. we know that the Bucks have beat Illinois, but Illinois is playing better basketball right now. Like the Bucks are sliding and they're playing better ball. Yeah. Like I, I kind of feel like I don't know, man, like but it was what happened what happened to Michigan? How did they how did they not win that game at home last night? Yeah, because um, Illinois was really pressuring that ball. That they were really pressuring that ball on the on the guard, and and they were forcing it down low. They were not allowing them to run that offense on the outside and get easy looks. Because you know, I watched Michigan Liv- play. What did, Liver- twi- what did Livers do last night? Isaiah I- Livers. And hold on, I've watched Michigan play twice, and what I've seen is they run this back screen, and then they run this um. Uh, slip brush screen on the outside and then they run a backdoor California cut and they try to clear up the big man on the block every time and they want whoever it is Davis or the one freshman guy to go one-on-one and if it's not there they look to kick and move around a ball around the We're talking about Michigan yes okay. what I seen last night from Illinois is that they allowed them to go one-on-one in the middle and Illinois stuck with all the guards and played the perimeter last night and allowed the bigs to go in, shoot um, layups, and attack the basket, but they took away the guards last night. So I, I just think that Illinois had a really good game plan for Michigan. Michigan only got one loss. That was a great game plan. You know, and, and we're, we're, you're, you're asking the big deal about the Big Ten. Uh, that's kind of been a theme here just since we've got Todd on. But, uh, like, who, who's better? Is, like, well, Michigan lost the second time. Like, what about Baylor? Like, I love Baylor. We've, we, we've talked about Baylor before. Baylor. You say that they're just ready to oh, play the I tournament. Oh, I love Baylor. That's what he said last week. Pretty Boy Champ said last week that Baylor is ready, and I think I think you're probably right. I think they're ready, and it's just like, let's get over with this. This, yeah. This let's is get over with this, and let's let's. I mean, because, you business. know, they took that one loss early on in the week. They closed it out, I think, last night for the Big Ten title or the night before for the Big 12 title for the night before. They've uh, got a t- couple tough games. I don't have it right here in front of me, but Baylor, I mean – I mean, they're they're already the champs. They run a regular season in the Big Twelve. They, they, they. I think you, I think there's only three teams, maybe Kansas. Three teams in the big in the Big Twelve that aren't ranked. Maybe you've got they've got seven in. You got you got seven in, and and that's out of the the conferences that would give up a spot. I don't think that the Big Twelve are going to give up a spot. I think that it would come. From either the Big Ten, I have to mention some teams that I slept on uh, in the ACC. I have to mention they're talking about in the ACC seven teams getting in. 
We just I just mentioned that Duke and North Carolina are going to play after or, Duke. Or Virginia, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. Vatek. That would be three. They also. They also are saying Louisville. Okay, North all right. Carolina, all right. You, you know, I forgot about Louisville because Louisville they hadn't played North in about Carolina, three weeks. Yeah, okay. Duke. North. See now, North Carolina. I I wanted to say them because I who they just beat that was really good. Florida State. They actually they were down fifteen points in that game, and they came back and won. And that was this past Saturday. Then they turned around and lost to Syracuse, though. So the ACC's got two of them on here, folks, that I wasn't talking about. I thought I was thinking that last week that they were only going to get five in. ESPN has seven in. The two that I'm slipping on are Clemson, who's oh. fifth. They're fifteen and five. They're fifteen and five, and are, then are they ranked? Uh, I don't think so. Fifteen and five, and you're not ranked. And then you've got Georgia Tech. What is the Ohio State Buckeyes record? They've lost seven, right? And they're ranked in the top ten. And you're telling me a 15 and five Clemson team is not ranked at all. See, this is what I'm talking about. That's exactly why I don't trust basketball rankings. NCAA, it, it's not they're made. Power, they're power conference teams, though, man. That's what I'm trying to think about here when we're talking about too many losses and not enough wins. Right, like, but like we watch they, they Oklahoma- ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten. Big East, they're all banging on each other. And and you can have a night. Anybody knows that a good team can have a night when a not-so-good team yes. has they – have, they have their night of the year, and they come out and they beat you. So um, there's that. Um, games, man. This That Purdue and uh, Wisconsin game last night was good. Uh, I mentioned the kid from uh, uh, Moncrief from Oklahoma State, a Canadian guy. Going to talk about another Canadian guy here, Zach Eady, seven foot four. There's something about a guy that's just that freakishly tall, man. Like, like think about like a seven footer going up against seven four. Like the seven four guy is a giant compared to the seven footer. I think it's wild. How athletic is he, though? How good is he? You know, we always he's got a he's got a hook shot. See, I and, don't know, man. And, he, and, and last night he went right over the top of this dude to take a rebound, and it was clean too. Ooh, you know, I just don't know about those guys, man. Sometimes you get so tall and so big, you just don't move as good and fluently as you should. Yeah, Purdue is one of Purdue's one of those middlers I've talked about. They've got some good good pieces on that team, including. Travion Williams and uh, Sasha Stefanovic. They uh, are led by Stefanovic and Trayvon Williams are both juniors. And Jaden Ivey, along with Zach Eady, provide a bright future for the Boilermakers um, as Eady and Ivey. You'll be getting used to that because you're going to hear it for four years. Those guys are freshmen. Um, yeah, so Purdue, Purdue 17 and 8. And Wisconsin, who's ranked, is sixteen and ten. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like a sixteen and ten team getting into the dance. But when you look at who they're playing against, you've got to take that into account. This is what I'm talking about: ten losses and you rank eight losses and you not, and you play in the same conference. No, no. They're, they're both Purdue and Wisconsin are ranked. Now they're ranked. Are they right. both ranked now? Yeah, right. As of last, yeah, as of this week, but not last week. It would have been close because oh, Purdue, you just confused Purdue me, though. Was, Purdue was ranked twenty third, 
and I think Wisconsin's ranked 25th. Are you kidding me? No, Purdue's 23rd. And we were talking about so, them being a middler. So, like, I was watching Oklahoma State Saturday, and they got the K Cunningham kid. And before the Oklahoma game, they have seven losses, eight losses, and they're not ranked. So how do, how does a team with one of the best players, premier players in college, he's going to be a lottery pick, seven losses, not ranked, and you're telling me a team with ten losses is ranked? Oklahoma State is ranked. Now they are. Yeah. Now they are ranked. But they were not ranked Saturday. Yeah. It's a gauntlet that they run through out there. Kansas, uh, folks, another big game that happened over the weekend was Kansas put that first loss on Baylor. Uh, Baylor now has one loss. And uh, David McCormick, I was going to bring him up again. I was mentioning to him last week. McCormick had a, a big game for uh, the Jayhawks. He had 20 points, three rebounds, and uh, Kansas got that win. Uh, and they got it, and they got it big. They beat him more than 10 points. KU's got a kid named Christian Braun Alexander who had 11 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. And Cincinnati native and an Asheville transfer, Mikeo Teague, the six foot four senior for, uh, for Baylor, he was uh, in the losing effort. Yep. So, um, what else we got going on? I guess it's probably time to take another commercial, take a little time out here, and uh, we'll come back. And I'm going to uh, bring Pretty Boy Champ back on and discuss some of my favorite teams, uh, looking at uh, teams that are going to be in the dance, supposedly. You're listening to On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast. Stay tuned. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the leader. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well. The theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, Amplify your personality with the theater. Do you have design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. At Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. That's 614-864-6656. Welcome back to On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast. I'm here at the uh, Score On Air Studios here in Columbus, Ohio, the Ohio Media School, where uh, 
you can take classes too. Just uh, look us up online. You uh, can see all our programs on the Score On Air Network on our YouTube page and on Facebook. Again, my show is called On the Mark. I'm Mark. This is my podcast. I'm going to uh, move in and talk about the Big East right now. Um, got the privilege of uh, hold getting- on, partner. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into the Big East, we got a comment here. Says, uh, look at a team's resume. OK State probably does not have the resume that Wisconsin has. Only thing I have to say about that is what resume? No one is playing non-conference, so you're only really playing your conference teams. Like, I, I I'm not sure who either one of them beat in the non-conference. But to answer your question, I feel like if we're if you're going to compare any two teams, uh, and 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 thinking about whether they're going to make it or not, and it and it's close. Um, Let's talk about non-conference. Uh, take a look at that program schedule and see if they beat anybody worthwhile. It doesn't even have to be a ranked team. Uh, you know, somebody that's been a strong program in the past or a power conference team. Uh, those those uh, power conference teams, that's going to matter. So uh, who did Wisconsin beat in non-conference play? And who did Oklahoma State beat in non-conference play? That's a factor. I'm not saying base your whole freaking uh, concept on, on it. that. So, uh, so yeah, um, that that would be a, a place to start. I would think is uh, see who they beat outside the conference. In a as year well. like this, though, man, the only thing that really matters is the eye test. When I pop on its film and I look, does a team pass the eye? Because okay. there is there is no other really determining factors. Like you have playing. to explain this to me. Because this term, this this term, this term that's hang on, the wait a second. <laughs> this term that's going around, everybody's been saying it. Like it's like it's like uh, the European crossover. Have mm-hmm. you heard of the Euro the Euro cross? This Euro cross thing that's brand new. What is this eye test? I mean, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you give the answer. What What are we talking about when we're talking about an eye test? The guy, when a guy passes the eye test, does he have the skill set? Does he have the athletic ability? Does he has the IQ? When you watch a guy, you can. It's automatic if they pass the eye test. So if you have a bunch of guys on the team that pass the eye test. And that, and that's why. See, but every everybody's eye test would be different. Though, no, you know? no, no. There is the eye test. See, people's eyes lie. That's why <laughs> the eye test is different. But it's not different. It, it is the same and it, as it always been. That's the same test they use to like. Oh, he's a prospect or he's not. Now most of the guys are prospects. But if you watch out of the league, most of the times it's because you don't put the work in on your skill set. But like. There, there, there's nobody on Wisconsin that passed the eye test. Oh, like, you're talking about individual players. Individual players. Okay, because, uh, because other people I've heard use this eye test thing and talk about the team and the group as a whole. So it it, it, it kind of seems like a blanket statement. Like is, you, you <laughs> yeah, a team can't pass the eye test, man. Only players can pass. Like that guy can, that whole team can't pass the eye test. That doesn't, that's not how it works. And if they're trying to yeah. apply that, that's, that's not how it goes. Go ahead. Get into the big, I was gonna say, let me, let me go to the big, big East man. now. Okay. So, um, I got the, the privilege to see Xavier play. I don't get to watch a whole lot of games through all the time, folks. I, I watch a lot of highlights. I do study a lot of stats. And uh, I get to uh, 
talk to to great people that uh, that know the game, and it uh, and, and it makes me better. So I try to do the best I can to uh, present what I can to you. And I got to see Xavier play, man. And uh, that's you know when Randall's here, we haven't seen him in a while. He's an Ohio State guy. Xavier's my team, so. I was really excited. They needed that win against Creighton. Um, they beat Creighton 77-69. Paul Scruggs played like a senior, 23 points, 7 rebounds. Uh, and uh, Frosty, uh, Zach Fremantle, Frosty the Snowman, he did, uh, he did his thing, had a double-double with 17 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, and the freshman, uh, Dwan Odom, from uh, uh, Georgia, he had 12 points, and Adam Kunkel, the transfer from Belmont, also had 12 points. Uh, X, uh, we were going to talk about Styles, and uh, X is uh, X. X runs a four-out style where they've been uh, utilizing a lot of four-guard offenses. Um, it seems like they play four guards and uh, and uh, have run. Zach Fremantle as their guy in the middle. Um, UConn won this uh, past week. Oh, I can't leave Xavier and talk about them winning against Creighton and not saying that they blew it. They 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 get the win against Creighton and then they blew it against uh, Georgetown last night, and they got one more game left. Um, so they're 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 borderline man like they're they're on the chopping block um <laughs> you've got like I'm trying to be honest. You know, I'm, I'm the, reading some of these yeah. comments, man. I'm reading these comments, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah, man. Somebody's trying to tell me Michael Potter's a pro, man. Like like man, like <laughs> Is that dude from Wisconsin, man. Oh, man. Like right, oh, like man. yeah, like somebody's trying to tell me he's a I was pro. I'm gonna say it's it's that Wisconsin guy again. Yeah, man. Like, I wish I wish we had more Wisconsin for you. On, I don't really <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Come on, man. Yeah, like, I'm trying to. Is, is, is this is this Michael Potter better than Luca Garza? Yeah. So so X, <laughs> they're 13 and six now off that loss, and uh, now they've lost I think five of the last seven. Maybe it's not good. It's not good. But uh, Creighton plays Nova tonight. That's a big game. Um, you've got in the Big East. Two teams that are in. We've been talking about this. It's Villanova and Creighton are in. The other three teams that are trying to get in are Xavier, UConn, and Seton Hall. UConn plays against Seton Hall tonight. It is important. It's a very important game. Um, I think this that just sounds so crazy. Seton Hall is thirteen and ten. This, Thirteen and ten, Todd. Where are you? I'm coming back. You know what? This is so, <laughs> thirteen and ten, and they're talking about this team coming into the the, the tournament. This is Thirteen and ten. And, like, and you know what? They they play you, <laughs> these you, comments. UConn UConn is twelve and six right now. I've got it on the return of Boyk night, baby. Oh. crazy <laughs> comments! Look at that. He's these back. comments. He's back, baby. <laughs> James Boyk Knight is back, and let's get them to beat Seton Hall. We need to get them out of the out of the conversation because we need to get in, and it's between us and UConn to get that last spot. 
Um, Before you go on, I just want to say, man. These people are going crazy. This, this, is it more Wisconsin no, people? No, it's our, it's, our, it's our really good friend at home uh, watching Mr. Smith Coltrane oh, harassing us in, in the comments. Did, so. it, did we give you enough Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually am trying to, like, pull for you guys, man. But, like, you got to win that game without Ayu Desunmu. Without Desunmu... Ohio State needs to win that game. It's yeah. at it's at home. So uh, you know, I, Smitty, talk to your boys. I, I'm a um, I'm a actually pick them to win this week. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose four straight. You know, that's tough to do, especially when you were winning so right. many. And you've, so that's got, tough. and you've got this other team who one of their now they 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 won they, some big games. They've been winning some big. They won some big games without their superstar. How long can they do that? You know, and and, and you. Hopefully, Ohio State's watching game film and getting ready for this. They don't to watch know, game film. To they know how to practice. attack it. They don't even practice. It's between Walker and, and Washington need to recognize that guard is gone and clamp down on Frazier and and do their job and, and win this home game. Prove that you're a top 10 team. It doesn't. It hasn't looked like it in the last week. Can I just say, I wanted to double back on something and how disappointing the Big East is as you rip off the teams that are. I, I, I miss the Georgetowns and the Pittsburghs. Well, and I, I mean, what happened to the George, glory days, the UConn? Well, the, you know, it was what? Patrick Ewing's start was shaky. He's He's been there a couple years now. He lost players like Mac McClung. Other players left around the same time that Mac McClung left. Uh, he's trying to still. Uh, reestablish the culture, find out what his culture with Georgetown is. And uh, he doesn't know, I, he, you know, he knows, been, he knows the culture, but is, but is he, he's a different he's, coach. He's been an NBA guy for 30. He's been on the NBA bench for 20 years. You mean to tell me you can't coach basketball? You're Patrick Ewing. I'm Patrick Ewing. I've been dunked on by Michael Jordan more times than I can count. When I go yeah. into your 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 house to recruit your son, say I've been dunked on by the greatest basketball player several several times. Come play for me. They've got Villanova's. I'm going to say it, the blue blood now. Oh man, that's a little. That's I know that's a little out there, but uh, Jay Wright's an upper echelon. Sad. Coach. It, it is and, sad. And he uh, and he's built his program. He's getting five star guys now. But originally, he was taking three and four star guys mm. to get his team mm. and develop them over the course mm. of several years, versus um, see, getting you, these five star guys that leave after well, a year. You see, but you're getting three star dudes, but you're not developing. They're not. They won developing. two national championships. Who? Villanova. Oh, you talking? Oh, you said the blue blood Villanova. Oh, yes, yes, Villanova. Okay. Yes, I lost you there. You did. You had lost me there. No, no, man, Jay Wright. Man. Like, like they say, Jay he's Wright not is. A, yeah, he is. He has a. He's legit, man. Well, you know, uh, his coaching style is really good. And you know, before he got to Villanova, he was at Hofstra, right? Yes. And and he almost lost his job at Hofstra. It was bad at Hofstra. Why did he almost lose his job? It, it wasn't going well. And uh, somehow he ended up at Nova. And he knew somebody that knew somebody, huh? He knew a guy know. that knew a guy. All I know is the saying, they say he doesn't buy his suits off the rack anymore. Man, that's the best feeling in the world. Blue blood. Mm. <laughs> And I guess it doesn't really hurt when you. I guess you're recruiting against Patrick's. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, all Patrick guys are leaving. Come visit me. 
Uh, Xavier's got a guy on that team, um, Colby Jones. We've got some good freshmen for X. I'm going back to X now. We've got really good freshmen. We only Colby got about Jones. ten minutes left in the show, man. And you want to? You just want to talk about Big Ten basketball? You versus the Big East. Big East. You versus Smith Coltrane, man. He only want to do is talk O State. You just keep doubling back to Xavier, huh? We ain't even hit the SEC. Can we talk some SEC basketball right now? SEC. Man? We, we forgot, sure can. We, we forgot about that conference. No, we did not. Arkansas Razorbacks are red hot. The number 12 ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. They are loaded. I've liked them since the beginning. They have five transfers. Tate, mm. Jalen Tate from Northern Kentucky. Connor Vanover from California. Justin Smith from Indiana. They also have... Um, some key players in Moses Moody, who's probably the best player on that team. He is a – he's averages 17 points and six rebounds a game. That's Moody. Mm. They've got DJ uh, Note, the point guard, as mm. well as Desi Sills. Mm. Um, all these guys. The one thing I noticed about the Arkansas Razorbacks is – the Hogs average over eight steals per game. It's pretty good. Steals alone. So uh, you telling me that? See, that's a team that scares me. A team that averages eight steals, like very well coached, and that means they're very athletic. You're not averaging eight steals without amazing perimeter defense, like pressure the basketball defense up in the passing lanes, making tough stuff really, really tough for a team. Arkansas is coming on at the right time. The, Eight steals. Wait, wait, how many points week. do they average? Because if they can score, if they're averaging around 70 points a game and they can score, there's a scary tournament team. Yeah. Um, they just beat the only team ranked ahead of them in the top 25 in the SEC in Alabama. Uh, we've talked about how good Alabama is. Uh, you know, I know Oklahoma, they're in the middle of uh, conference play beat Alabama, but the Razorbacks got in and took out the number eight ranked Bama Crimson Tide. Um, Arkansas, normally in Guru Vision, we've talked about it being between Alabama and Tennessee in the SEC conference, but Arkansas has turned it on and they have turned it on strong. Uh, so um, they're one of the teams I've got here that I would be scared to face in the tournament. Eric Musselman is somebody I just have the utmost respect for. Um, he's so much fun to watch online when he uh, when he talks. His camaraderie with uh, with the players as well as the fan base is just astronomically good for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Um, we've talked about Illinois. We've talked about Ohio State. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Here, we talked Tom. about O State today. We talked about. I, I don't think we talked about Big Ten basketball at all today. We did talked we? about your boy Cunningham. Yeah, can we talk about him a little bit? A little bit more. K Cunningham. Can we talk about him? Wisconsin person. Who, whoever you are out there, a Wisconsin person asking about uh, uh, comparing teams that are getting in Oklahoma State, who wasn't in the top twenty-five. Um, not too long ago they've got a couple key wins non-conference as i told you to go look and check out what wisconsin's non-conference record is and here's the answer to oklahoma state they beat wichita and marquette marquette i know they're not that good remember they're from the big east it's a it's a power conference team and wichita um 
I mean, I know they're they're not the the shockers of the past, but they uh, they're going to get in. They're going to be the the other team besides Houston to get in from the American Conference. So, uh, yep. The other team I wanted to talk about was Western Kentucky. They're not ranked, but uh, if you get a chance to watch Charles Bassey, he's a six eleven center. Yeah, you know He'll Wisconsin is twenty five, and they're sixteen and eleven. Sixteen eleven. Yeah, see, I don't like that, man. I don't. I, it's it's just hard for me, especially when it's not like twenty wins. You know, like. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I'm gonna say it once. I said it once. I'll say it again. Eight eight losses or more to me is it's pretty rough unless you have a lot of wins. Right. And and listen to this. You want to hear some? You want to hear something, man? Yeah. Go ahead. They beat Eastern Illinois non-conference, Arkansas Pine Bluff, oh. Green Bay, and they lost to Marquette. And they lost to Marquette. Is that, that's Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin. That's a rivalry game. That's a rivalry game. Uh, they're only about an hour or two apart. And uh, yeah, look for the big teams though. Forget about forget about Pine Bluff and and Dixie State. Look for the power conference teams. Look for the the, the names that you recognize when you're looking at those non conference the non conference slates. Rhode Island. Rhode Island was a 500 team. I think they're below 500 now, but they're and a scrappy the rest team. Of, the rest of it is conference. Yeah, they they didn't have any. They don't have any non-conference. They, you know what, folks? Next week we're going to be delving into uh, getting ready for Selection Sunday. Uh, we, as I've said before, we are in the final week of the regular season, and. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's getting ready to get to the fun t- uh, the fun time. You know, we, we missed it last year, so double the excitement this year, let's hope. Um, I know I'm excited. Uh, so this has been my show. We're going to be talking with the guru next week, uh, getting ready for Selection Sunday, and you have been watching On the Mark with Mark Fages a college basketball podcast. I'm Mark. Thanks for watching my show. Next week, hear it too on the Score On Air Network. You've been listening to On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast. I hope you enjoyed our program. Next week, a prelude to Selection Sunday, conference championships, and the return of Guru Vision. We're coming down the stretch of the 2020-2021 season It's time for March Madness. Tune in and tell your friends. Coming up this Wednesday at 2, it's On the Mark with Mark Fages, a college basketball podcast here on the Score On Air Network.